This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in, in studio this morning, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning. How are you, Naz? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And also joining us in studio, former Toronto Maple Leaf and Washington Capital and Buffalo Sabre, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Mr. Rigabon, good morning, sir, and Naz, nice to see you guys again. It's always a pleasure to uh, have you in studio and to uh, do battle. I hope you uh, brought your gloves in today. I think we got to... My gloves are always in my back pocket. <laughs> you're always ready. <laughs> Anyways, if you're just waking up and you're a big tennis fan, some, some big news out from uh, down under. Roger Federer won the Australian Open, knocked off uh, Nadal this morning. For Roger, it's his 18th major, I believe, and... Uh, Certainly, my pick is the greatest tennis player of all time, and and it's uh, it's been a while since he's won a major. I think almost almost five years. Uh, I think we go back to two thousand and twelve, and he's uh, he's thirty five years old, so he's given a lot of hope to us old guys. Uh, so certainly, I'm thrilled to see Roger uh, Federer. But Naz, uh, uh, we we're just chatting a little bit of tennis this morning. You're making some interesting points, and I want to turn it over to you. Where, where does that leave Milos with uh, Nadal and? Uh uh, Federer well, playing the way they are. I mean, I don't think he's even close to winning a Grand Slam. Well, you got you got to remember, Federer just had knee surgery, so he hasn't played it yeah. since uh, I think Wimbledon. Nadal's coming off an injury too, where he's had always a, these leg problems. So I, I don't find Milos Raonic probably in the top maybe eight or nine right now because he hasn't been able to beat on a regular basis. He hasn't beaten the Big Four to start off with, and that's just going to show you now with Nadal and Federer coming back, it's going to push everybody back. Um, I thought this was an opportunity for Milos. Um, you know, uh, the one the one player who's always been the stumbling block. Uh, well, the two that have really stood in Milos's way the last couple of years: Jokovic and Andy Murray, and they got taken out of the tournament. Um, and this would have been a great opportunity. But uh, ask, correct me if I Milos he was out of the tournament in the what in the second round? No, no, he went to the fourth round. Fourth round. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, but this this seemed to me an, his opportunity to finally break through. I mean, he was at finals at Wimbledon last year. Um, it seemed like he had a path to get through this year, and the path was clear. And, you know, you you make the point, Lou, that you don't see him as eighth or ninth in the world. Last time I checked, he was ranked. He had gotten up to number he's, three. He's three. He was he's third in the tournament. Three in the world. third in the tournament. And I've never understood that. And, you know, I and and... and this is not a. I don't want to dump all over Milos today. Uh, I've never. I've never. You know, in Canada, you know, we like to think. You know, I mean, we take great pride in when one of our athletes, you know, breaks through. Like when Brooke Henderson wins a major, when Mike Weir wins a major, it, it's a breakthrough of enormous proportions. Just because 
you know, we don't dominate in the sport of golf and we certainly don't dominate in the sport of tennis. So I, I don't want this to be a dump on Milos debate, but um, I, I, I've never really thought he had the game to to be one of the top players in the world. And when I say top players, one of those players that consistently like wins one major or two or three, uh, I'm, I'm not, not so sure he's ever had the game for that. Um, I think he's achieved a significant amount being our male forefront, male tennis player. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. But, and I'll put it to you guys, does he have the game? Forget about, okay, winning a major to be number one in the world. I really don't think he does. And, uh, the thing that I find about me, and that's not and, a criticism. No, you know of what? Him. Wait, listen. He's done you great know? for what he's so far. The thing that I, I think he's a poor man's Roscoe Tanner. If you remember Roscoe Tanner, and I do big not, serve, uh, big, you know, serve big, yeah. big serve, but he's got no ground game. And until he learns the ground game and the the smarts to to play against Murray, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. And I, I'm going to put Warinka into that too. I'm going to put Selich in that. three. You know, yeah. he's the guy. Yeah. He, nobody, nobody talks about yeah. him. He's won apparently three majors. And, and Federer, he played the last three, uh, the last three rounds to five sets. Yeah. For a guy that's 35, 36 years old, coming off knee injury and hasn't played since last August. So it, it, it's one of those things that Milos really has to work on his ground game. He's got to work on his return. He's got a great serve, and that's all we know him by. You know, he's six foot five, he's lanky, he's got a lot of power coming in. But until he can beat those four or five guys consistently, you know he's not going to win the French Open because that's an adult. clay. Yeah, that's on clay. And then it's going to be a flip of the coin in, in Wimbledon. Who is he going to draw up against? This was the perfect year for him. It is the be, perfect be, year Because for him. the draw, because the, the two horses were out. Andy Murray and, and Djokovic were out. Uh, Nadal was number nine. And injured. And, and Federer was 17. Both of these yeah. guys are injured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nadal was 17. So he had a great chance to, to more or less to put his stamp on this tournament when he, when he met uh, Nadal in the fourth round. He, but, uh, again, he, he know, just didn't Milos come. His fitness level hasn't been the best up till now. I'm sure it's better now. But you know, when he started, his fitness level wasn't very good. And he wasn't lasting in sets, too. Well, right? Djokovic was the same way. Yeah. Djokovic cut out, he went to gluten-free, and all of a sudden he just talk, took off. Yeah, it, But he, he, he just was, has a serve, though, right no, now. No, but apparently, you know, I've read some of the tennis critics. He, he has significantly improved his ground strokes in the last couple of years. Not, not to the point, obviously, where he's, he's, he's taken his game to a complete... But to get up to number three in the world, that's almost like a stealth rating. I said, how did, how, how did that happen? How did he become well, number three injured. in the world? He played in a lot of tournaments that would go the, the, towards the points. It's like the, the golf, point right? system, right? It, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean he's the third best player no. in the world. I don't but see him I, as the third best. I agree with your comment, Lou, um, and we'll move on from tennis. Um, there's a window of opportunity for Milos and, and right now. It's closing, right? It's closing. Um, he's he's at an age where you know he's he's he should be in the prime of his career. Uh, Federer and Nadal. Uh, somehow, somehow they made it to the final. They're 35, and they they should be, you know, the young generation of tennis players. If there is one, uh, because I don't, you know, I, I don't see where the next generation's coming from. I don't see any dominant male players in their in their late teens, early 20s. So, you know, Milos is at a point now where the older guys are moving on, and the younger guys haven't arrived yet. 
and he's got a window of opportunity. And you I'll know, tell you what, though, Eugenie Bouchard's closer to a Grand Slam than uh, he is. Okay, let me uh, let me uh, let me let you have a go at that one, Naz. Uh, Eugenie Bouchard's really done nothing. Yeah, since I was it the final of the Australian yeah. she went to. Yeah, this year she went uh, to a, a few final in back. the first tournament, and she went three rounds in the Australian Open. Three rounds. Yeah. Okay, so based, it's never on, been based a question, on that, it's never been a question of her talent, though, Wally. It's never been a question. So it's a of question of what between, between her ears, between the ears. That's right. Between the ears, her attitude. It, it got the best of her but, when she started doing well. Okay, uh, you know, I, I have a little difficulty. Um, you know, she came on like gangbusters. You know. Uh, but it, she it, it, went to the final. She went to finals of Wimbledon, didn't she? Yeah, she did. I think she went finals at the Australian Wimbledon. I can't remember. In that one year, was Wimbledon, I believe. But uh, she did go to the finals. Was it Wimbledon? No, the Milos went to the finals. Milos went to the whatever. Final she went to a. She went to a majors final, and, and she was yeah. setting the world on fire for what six months, nine months. And then she just dropped off the map. She started reading her press clips. Wally, yeah, she but has you, the ability. How, but you're a professional. Wally, okay. she has the ability to yeah, do there's, it. Yeah, there's all kinds of people have ability. No, but it's Wally. When you start picking up a newspaper and saying, well, you're going to be the next coming of... You really of, you think know, that's what I happened? I think it is what happened because she okay. she got a little bit too big for her britches. Yeah. It was more or less, look at all the commercials that she was into after she started being successful. Then once that happened, it's like, I don't even have to show up. I'm just going to do throw my, my tennis racket out there. And you know, in the women's, other than Serena... You more or less just you can put them here in, in the top of the newspaper, and everybody anybody can win any tournament because once Serena retires, it's gonna be it's gonna be wide open. That's why uh, Naz was saying that she's probably got a better chance than than Ronich, yeah. Because we know that there's no younger generation in men's, but there's a there's a group there of 25 to 30. You look at Dimitrov, you look at Warinka, yeah. you look at Silich, you look at Nishigori, all these guys. You look at Eisner, who's got a big serve, but he's got no ground game. All these guys. They're in that next group, and then you got your your top four or five. You got your Djokovic, you got your Nadal, you got your Federer. Murray, well, obviously with Federer, and, yeah, and Murray. Obviously with Federer and and Nadal moving on, you still got Djokovic, and you still got Murray. Yeah. And until you can They're beat those, nuts. yeah, until yeah. you can beat those two guys consistently, you can't break through. You, you, you're not going to get in there. Yeah. Anyways, we've got to go to break, and just before we go to break, uh, just want to. Uh, announce that night middle of the middle of the show we're gonna have on the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're gonna talk some hockey with Joe Bowen, and it's also a big week. Uh, our our, our uh, big support of our show has always been Pizzaville, and they've got uh, they've got uh, Super Bowl Sunday coming up, and we're gonna be announcing some uh, great things that they're gonna be doing. So. If you are by your phone, I just want to announce we're going to be giving away some gift certificates, some Pizzaville gift certificates today. Uh, and we're going to give away two of them now and two of them later on in the show. So I'm going to give out some numbers. If you want to give us a call, we've got somebody by somebody here who will take your call and will be pleased to give away two $25 Pizzaville gift certificates. Give us a call very quickly at 416 360 740-4740. Give us a call for those Pizzaville gift certificates. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerotti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. That's nineteen ninety nine. a deal for real. 
A steal. Ponzo Combo. Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, Wood. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV. The Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the full coverage live every Saturday at 8 p.m. on Yes TV. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me in studio as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this morning... Lou Franceschetti. Uh, guys, we were uh, talking uh, talking about tennis. We're going to move on. Um, uh, baseball, the Blue Jays, uh, seems to be uh, in the news uh, constantly in these areas. Uh, we're getting to the point where you can actually, uh, spring training is going to start fairly soon. And, two uh, weeks. Two weeks, and hope springs eternal. But it doesn't look like the Jays have... Uh, certainly don't appear to have improved anything anywhere in this roster. Have lost a uh, popular fan favorite in, in Encarnacion. Uh, brought in uh, a gentleman this week, uh, Saltamachia. Uh, Naz, tell us where the, uh, where the Jays are right now. Well, we, and, couldn't uh, get, we couldn't get away with not talking about Bautista with <laughs> Louie. Right? We got a year of Jose Bautista now, Lou, with the Blue Jays, so... That's a good thing, I think. I don't think so, but <laughs> I, I think the Jays uh, and Edwin really missed the boat on this. Uh, there's probably a lot of miscommunication between the management and and the Edwin uh, party, where he should have been the one that that was brought back. I would have let obviously I would have let Batista go, and then you turn on their TV and you hear all the crap that's coming out of Batista and his agent's mouth, saying that this is the first place he wanted to go or he wanted to come back to. Well, obviously, if he really wanted to come back, he would have taken that first offer. But uh, that's why the Jays didn't give him a first offer. And that's why uh, And then he, the agent comes out and says that, uh, well, we left a lot more money on the table. The only reason why the money wasn't on the table is because they didn't want to give up a first-round pick. And we know what kind of uh, person Batista is in the locker room. That's the only reason why he's, uh, nobody wanted to sign him for the money he wanted. Did they have any other choice, really? 
than to sign Batista after losing Encarnacion. Um, um, the choices weren't good. That, that was the best choice. I mean, out of at, all at of that players. at that price point, um, really did didn't did Shapiro really had, didn't have a choice? Like, why not sign him at that price point? Well, it's Shapiro and, and the. I mean, you, really, you, you, know, you can't. I, I, can you can you really afford to lose? I mean, it's bad enough you lost Encarnacion. You brought in, you know supposedly Morales to replace him, uh, although I'm not so sure that that's a complete replacement. Uh, you really afford to lose Encarnacion and Bautista at the same time, and not only so much from a um, not only so much from a baseball perspective, uh, just from a PR perspective. They have, to a certain extent, together with you know, Donaldson and Russell Martin and Tulowitzki, they've been the heart and soul of the franchise for a while. And I know I know you have problems with perhaps your estimation of how Bautista is uh, uh, respected or not respected in the clubhouse. Let's put that aside. But the fans generally – the fans generally – do have a high regard for Jose Bautista as a baseball player. So wasn't Shapiro really backed into a corner? Well, when, 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 when you got Bautista, the ability to – you've lost Encarnacion and you've taken a lot of heat from a PR perspective because when everybody found out that he got signed for 20 – you know, for less – than what uh, what you're willing to pay him in Toronto. You already, you already stepped into one PR nightmare there. You want to step into another one when you got the ability to sign Bautista for for you know for a lot less change than he was looking for a year ago, and on a, and on a short term. But it's about time the Jays uh, stood up and signed one of their their own players. Like Bautista's been there a long time. He's been the face of the franchise for quite a few years. David Ortiz, there was never any talk about him leaving Boston and going somewhere else in the past five, six years. He was a staple on the Red Sox. Yeah, ex- so why ex- can't, ex- why can't Bautista be the same? No, because the difference was Bautista uh, – Ortiz was, to a certain extent I – don't, I, don't, I mean, I'm not that intimate with Boston you know, press and whatever happened there. But I never got the sense that Ortiz ever threatened to leave Boston. Or, you know, he, he seemed like, yeah, he was the face of the franchise. He was an integral to that franchise. Bautista started, he, he, he created a little bit of a PR problem last year when, he, you know, the rumors were he wanted $30 million for five years and he wasn't going to take a dollar less and he had given the hometown discount. And some of, the, some of the things he said in the press certainly rubbed some people the wrong way. Certainly some people like Lou Franceschetti, he rubbed the wrong way. Uh, so I, I don't know the parallel to David Ortiz is exactly the same, but I agree with you, Naz. He he to a certain extent he was the face of this franchise, and he produced some damn good numbers for for a significant period of time. Um, and that's why I just you know, and it didn't work out in terms of his his agent's negotiating strategy or whatever tactic his agent got because whatever you know, you know he held out. For a long-term contract, he didn't get it. He got injured. His numbers are down. And look, look, you know, he better have a good year this year. Or by not signing last year, whatever the Jays, I gotta believe the Jays offered him somewhere between twenty and twenty-five million over three to five years. Am no. I wrong? No, 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 they no, didn't no. offer. It. You know, no, the year before. Not, no, 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 no there, were, there was there was no there, there was, was no, no offer. And you can't even, you know, let's get back to Ortiz here. One, Boston was winning. Ortiz is. 
demeanor or his personality is a lot different than Batista. Batista came here six, seven, eight years ago with with the other uh, group of uh, management, and he decided to be he was he was going to be the king. And he made a business decision this year by coming back because all of his businesses. Uh, are in Toronto. This is where he's worth the most. If he went to another market, he's not worth anything what he is back here. And let's get something yeah, straight here. Because he has to restart over. Yeah, yeah that's let, let's get something straight here. Management and all the teams, they're getting smarter now. Okay, That first round pick that they have to lose for signing a player is very big because this is turning into be a young man's game. And you look at, you're saying, Batiste, well, why didn't they sign Batista earlier? The only reason why they didn't, they didn't sign him earlier, they got Mark Trumbo out there. I would take Mark Trumbo hand over fist than Batista for the money that Mark Trumbo got, but they were going to lose a first round pick for him. They got Mark Trumbo for $12 million for three years. That's $36 million. And you're going to give Batista $20 million? I, I agree with you on one point, Lou, is somehow somehow the GMs or the presidents in Major League Baseball all woke up at the same time. Because up until this— Five, six years ago, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I, I'd say even sooner than five, six two. years ago. They were throwing around— Two years. Yeah. The last, the last two years, they finally got smart, uh, and, 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 or they got conscious about throwing around silly money to, to you know, fringe— you know, fringe players or even even the top end money, um, and that's what that's in in to a certain extent in Carnacion in Bautista, they didn't smell, or their agents didn't smell which way the winds were turning, uh, and that you know to a there's, certain extent they probably left money on the table at some point. There's a lot of players out there still unsigned. And well, it's happening every year. You know now. what? There, there is. And, well, there's and, either new economics or there's new brain well, power. No, you know what? It, it's economics because yeah. everybody wants to go younger. Everybody wants controllable players. That's what everybody talks isn't about. Isn't that the same in all professional sports well, now? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that the NHL? NHL's doing the exact same you know why? thing. Because there's they? a salary cap. There's a luxury yeah. tax on, on, on baseball salaries. Uh, as a team, if you go over the threshold, the Yankees, who used to be the biggest spenders out there, they're not doing they it, won't anymore do it anymore because they're trying to bring the players. They're trying to develop uh, their own players. I remember five, six years ago, they didn't care if if you got drafted by the Yankees, you were the worst guy ever because you know you weren't going to play for them. You're going to go somewhere else in a trade for an older player like a, a Giambi or somebody like that that's going to come in here as a free agent. And you're never going to get the chance. It's just one of those things right now that they are getting smarter. And the owners are starting, because there's so much money involved, they're trying to tie up their own players in their fourth, fifth, and sixth year so they don't go to free agency. Uh, now, I guess the arbitration is after three years. Once you're an arbitrated player, you look at all the money that these guys are making in their fourth year, you take a team to arbitration, you can go from $850,000 to $7 million in a heartbeat. Teams don't want to do that anymore. Because their next contract is going to be eleven or twelve, and then all of a sudden now you got fifteen guys that are making ten or fifteen million dollars each. We've got a few more minutes before we, we, we go to break, and I want to wrap up the Blue Jay discussion because we'll be going to go, we'll be going to go Joe Bowen right after our break. Um, who's coming out of the bullpen this year? Um, left-handed. Aaron Loop. Where? Aaron Loop. Okay. Aaron Loop, and maybe like, Liriano. Yeah. So how? Where are the holes in this Blue Jays lineup? Left-handed bat. They have their backup catcher now. Their left-handed left-handed uh, pitcher out of the pen. A couple of more arms out of the pen. They look. They're looking for three arms, I think, out of the pen. Are they got. Is this the team they're going to? Uh, is this yeah, the I think spring this is training it. with. Yeah, I think this is it. Now they're talking trade with uh, Chicago on David Robertson, who's a, who's not a bad relief pitcher. 
but he's a middle. He was a, had 25 saves with the White Sox. Again, who are they going to give up? Well, I don't know. They're they're just talking about trade right now, but they they still have to fill some spots. Then I, then you know maybe may a little bit premature, but let's let's start the discussion. Let's start the discussion. We're only two weeks away from spring training. It's gonna discussion's gonna start pretty soon, anyways. We take this team, this lineup to spring training, third place. And you know, you're reading my mind, Naz. Uh, although I'm not so sure third place. Uh, it but. was last until they signed Batista. <laughs> Oh, you you had the Bautista oh, they signing. Had no hitting. Them. I mean, what are they okay. going to do? So, uh, so you read my mind. You, you you answered my question even before I got the question out. So let let, let me uh, let, let me throw the question out. And uh, um, this particular lineup, um, where does it finish? Given everything else that's happened in the American League East, where apparently it seems like their their competition in the American League East have improved themselves. Uh, is there any sense in here at all that the Blue Jays have improved themselves anywhere in their lineup? Well, I, I, or are I, they just a from, year older? From, from the roster changes and from the rosters that I see from the other teams, I think Boston is still going to yeah, be the team to beat with the addition of Chris Sale. Mind you, uh, they've got a big loss in David Ortiz. Now, we're going to see if those young kids can come up with a back-to-back year. Uh, the Jays are going to probably... The, then the Yankees and Baltimore and, and even Tampa, they're going to run 3-4-5. I know the uh, the Baltimore pitching staff's very weak. And at this time last year, we were talking about the Jays' offense, and it turned out to be their pitching, pitching. that carried them most of the year. So let's this year, let's talk about their pitching that's going to carry them most of the games, and they better hope that they can win the close games that they won last year because I don't think their offense is where it was at the, the start Jays, of last the year. Jays lot? Cecil's gone, right? Yeah. Gone, Who else have they uh, lost out of their bullpen? Right. That's it, oh, Benoit. Benoit. Okay. So um, so the strength of the team is definitely the, is start, a start, is no, a the starting. starting pitching. Yeah. Is there starting pitching. Well, that, that's the, a good strength. Yeah, it is a good strength. Uh, and they still got Osuna in the back. Yeah. And, uh, well, they got uh, they got Grilly and they got uh, Biagini. Uh, those are pretty. Those are guys that's that can go. Some good pieces. Yeah, seven, eight pieces with Osuna coming in in the ninth. They need some middle guys that will relieve them. Uh, if they get into trouble early. And also, they need a left-handed uh, specialist coming out of the bullpen. And they haven't decided on Biagini going as a starter instead of a reliever. But I, I think he still has to go into the pen with uh, those guys. I don't see him as a starter, but you never know, right? I don't think he, not this year. And the Yankees are still one year away from uh, wrecking havoc. You got him picked at third. Where you got him picked? Where are they, where Jay's going to finish, Lou? Well, obviously, I'm going to say the Yankees are going to get the wild card. Mind you, there's a lot better teams out there like Houston. And uh, uh, I don't, they might end up in second place, but I don't know if they're going to make the wild card. I'm picking them second. And they're going they to, have the to improve. Card. They have to improve their bullpen. Anyways, it's going to be an interesting debate. And you're also, they're, they're, last year they didn't have many injuries. They could be one injury away from collapsing. And you know the funny thing is, relief pitchers are getting so much more money. Can you imagine when Osuna goes on the free agent? It's worth a lot of dough. It's got another five years ago. <laughs> Anyways, we've got to go to break, and we'll be right back after the break with Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with twenty-four slices for just twenty-four dollars. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! 
So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to CBLTickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. CBLTickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, and we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? We're doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. I better warn you, Joe. We've got uh, we've got Franceschetti in the house today, and he's ornery. Alrighty. And he's ornery. So uh, just a little bit of fair warning. Anyways, Joe, Toronto Maple Leafs. It's midseason. It's the All Star break. It's a time to uh, recap and think about what's happened uh, up until this time, and uh, and uh, get a get a, a sense of where we go forward with this. But. Uh, are uh, you pleasantly surprised, Joe, about what's transpired? Would you have ever envisioned that the Toronto Maple Leafs would have progressed this quickly? Well, I don't think anybody can possibly not be uh, pleasantly surprised if you're a Leaf fan. Um, when the roster came out uh, to start the season and you saw how many rookies were going to actually uh, be in the in the mix, you had to kind of think, well, this is going to be an interesting growth period. Um, they're going to find out which of these kids uh, can kind of toe the line and then probably weed out the ones that can't and get down to uh, what would be a normal amount of rookies in, on, a, on a National Hockey League roster. And as it turns out, every one of the kids has uh, more than towed the line, has been uh, outstanding in whatever role that they have been asked to participate and uh, all of them have uh, not only stayed, but have excelled. And I, I can't recall any team in the National Hockey League having this many uh, bona fide first-year players in the National Hockey League playing at a level like they are at this particular point in the season. Now, we're just past the halfway mark, and there's a lot of hockey, and it's going to be a lot tougher as teams uh, uh, gear up for a run of the postseason berth. But 
having said that, uh, at this particular point, you have to be absolutely uh, thrilled with what they've been able to do. Joe, the play of Connor Carrick has really improved in the last three to four weeks. Uh, what do you see in him? Well, you know, I, I think once they have solidified the, the tandems, uh, I think that that has helped everybody. And when Morgan Riley went down and they kind of juggled things around a little bit, um, they, they weren't nearly as successful. So they went back to uh, uh, bringing in the one person who was going to replace Riley and, and having him play with Zaitsev and, and leaving it at that. Having said that, um, you know, Carrick has, Carrick has improved a great deal and, and, and done nicely. I mean, a couple of goals and six points, but he's played well defensively. Um, every team in the National Hockey League is looking for that one more big defenseman that can be either in the first pair or at least in the second. But Connor Carrick has certainly shown that he can be in the second pairing without any question and play well. Joe, uh, moving forward here, um, just want to ask you a couple of things. Uh, with this being, with this team being as exciting and being at the games, most of them, uh, knowing that they're uh, a lot more like a, a fun bunch type of running gun times teams, um, do you think that they have to move it ahead and really challenging for a Stanley Cup that they have to cut back on their offense and uh, more or less work on their defensive uh, uh, ability a little bit more? That when they're going to win on a more consistent basis, it's not going to be as as exciting as this kind of hockey is? And two, do you see Nylander being in the long-term picture here? Well, Louis, let, let me say this. I hope not. I hope that they can run and gun and play like this throughout because it is entertaining as hell to watch. And, yes, they can be exciting at both ends of the ice, and they will have to improve some defensively. But I, I hope that it's not at the, uh, the expense of what they do creatively and at the other end of the, of, of the ice. And I don't think that it has to be. Um, you, you have to be responsible. You have to be um, understand, uh, you know, protecting the puck at times. But if you try to take some of the creativity away from some of these guys, I think that you're um, kind of chewing off your foot in spite of it. And that's, to me, I think that, that would be, you know, a, a real big step in the wrong direction. I, I think that these kids have got that kind. I mean, you you make their, your defense better. You uh, you you maybe make a, a third and fourth line a little more responsible. But the top six forwards on this team are going to be very good for uh, many, many years. And to take away any of their creativity is, I think, going to be detrimental to the overall project. But they are fun to watch. i got to admit that. Yes, they are. But the, And you don't think that Mike Babcock is letting them go right now and he won't bring in the reins a little bit uh, with more experience that they get in this league? Well, you know, I, I think that they will all become more responsible with the puck and, and, and things of that nature. And I, I take a look at what Mike Babcock has done with these guys already. I mean, the, the plus minuses on this team are all extraordinarily respectable. Uh, they are they are not uh, uh, being outscored and and, and 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 on each shift or whatever you know as being plus minus. They uh, they have been responsible. They have learned their lessons. Uh, they have been pretty good at it. I, I think I think Mike Babcock and his coaching staff have done an absolutely marvelous job with all of these young kids in this lineup and having them play as responsible as they have been at this point already. I think all that is going to do is make them more responsible going forward 
and I think the defensive side of the puck will, will be the, the beneficiary of that. But it is uh, if, if you're handing out Coach of the Year award right now, I'm voting for Mike Babcock. Absolutely, and talking about remarkable things that Mike Babcock has done. One of the players that we've been, oh, man, have we ever criticized him a little bit over the top on this show was Jake Gardner over the years. But uh, he seems like a different player out there um, and certainly seems to have taken his game to a responsible level under Mike Babcock. Is that your sense of it as well, Joe, that Jake Gardner is, you know, he's an exciting hockey player, but he could be an important part of the future on this team? Well, I I wouldn't disagree with you guys. you know, a couple of years ago, every night there was a yip, and it usually turned into a big yip. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was this turnover and a and a bad pass or a, a giveaway or something. Uh, but he has simplified his game, and I think playing with Carrick has certainly helped him. And having said that, um, offensively, he has not lost any of that. He's he's quarterback the power play. Uh, he has been asked to. Uh, uh, you know, kind of simplify his game, and he has. I, I think that Mike Babcock has gotten his attention, and, and Jake Gardner has benefited a great deal from it. And uh, you don't see those yips very often anymore, and when you do, they it's, oh, gosh, we haven't seen that in a month. <laughs> and it used to be, oh, gosh, there's another one, and it's only the second period. So, um, yeah, he's matured, uh, but as uh, every defenseman in this league goes through, um, it's a tough league to break into as a young player, and it's uh, only after four or five years where you kind of figure things out and what you can and what you can't do and what you can get away with and what you can't get away with. Joe, the trade deadline comes up February 28th, and it doesn't look to me like Detroit will make the playoffs, but there's some pieces there that uh, the Leafs may have interest in. Nicholas Cronwall has one year left on his contract at $4.75 million. And he's he's played for Mike Babcock before. Would the least be interested in a guy like that, depending where they're at? At what price? Yeah, that's it. At what price? That's and that's that's the issue. Uh, if the Red Wings uh, decide that this is the blow-up uh, part of uh, what they're going to go forward with, then the asking price may be uh, fairly substantial. And if it's at the cost of one of the kids that's on this roster at this particular point then I would say no. Um, if it is a low draft pick somewhere, um, you might think about it. But uh, uh, this, the rebuild is just in its first year here in Toronto. And to get too far ahead of ourselves, I think, would be uh, very detrimental in the long term. And I think at least at this point, and we have been led to believe that this is going to be maintained, that this is still the long term, a big picture rebuild. And if you kind of jump at things that are a little too quick, then you may be kind of uh, getting yourself into a lot of trouble long term. So I, I it would depend on what the asking price the Red Wings have and whether it is in a, a bidding war with other teams, uh, then I would, uh, I would say no at that point, but uh, you never know. Joe, here's a crazy thought. Um, well, you'd have a few of them. Yeah. Isn't that the way I played? No kidding. I, I, I really enjoyed your defensive responsibility talk. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that coming from you, Joe, especially when uh, Bama knocked off Notre Dame. But let's not go yeah, there. Yeah, never mind. We're okay, 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 okay. Listen, do, do, do you think that it's out of the – get back in line. Okay. <laughs> do you think it's out of the question that Mike Babcock gives Phoenix a call and asks what it will take to get Datsuk to Toronto? Because I look at the, I look at the, the standings right now. If the Leafs make the playoffs and they get the right draw, they can make some damage because of the teams that are coming out of the other division with Pittsburgh, Columbus, and uh, and Washington all having to beat themselves up. Where Toronto, all you got to beat up is Carey Price. You can flip a coin with with Boston. You can flip a coin with Ottawa, and uh, whoever else is uh, behind them. And I don't think they're they're as bad as. Uh, as the other team. So those are the two teams that they can wreak some havoc with. What do you think about that? Well, first off, does Datsuk want to come back? That's it, yeah. Better, better make that phone call, find out if that's working. Um, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> where would he play? As a question. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out. The Maple Leaf centers are, are having unbelievable seasons. I mean, Bozak, Kadri... Matthews, uh, their strength down the middle is uh, unparalleled, really, for the top three lines of any team in the National Hockey League. Um, Datsuk is a marvelous player. Uh, he uh, has been and, and, and is going to be a Hall of Fame player. Um, it, it would be interesting to see where he would fit in, but uh, um, I, I, uh, I don't know if that will happen. I, I think Pavel Datsuk has kind of made his bed and decided that this was, uh, this was the way he was going to go, and uh, but it, it would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? it? It would, only because he brings the experience that this team does not have. He yeah. moved Bozak well, into he, a fourth. He's a great two-way player. He's, he would be a great role model and everything else, absolutely. And you move Bozak into that fourth-line uh, fourth center, or you trade Bozak and get another piece of the puzzle that, that you're missing, which is an, obviously maybe another defenseman. How long is Datsuk going to be in Toronto? Well, you know, that, I guess that's where you have to find out what you have to give up to get him. Yep. Because, you know, and I think, you know, well, they could they could wreck some damage if, if they make the, if they draw the right uh, teams in this playoff. Boy, we're, did you have this discussion in September, you guys? No, we didn't. Really? And, and no, we didn't, now, Joel. Now, now we're getting, hey, just a minute now. Is Young Street going to be available in June? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the, can, we, can we start the parade in Timmins? And the problem, the problem, inhale a little bit. Joel, we know hey. where you're going to be leading the cards, okay? Hey. Enjoy the ride, Joe. Joe, <laughs> now we've got us going to the Stanley Cup final. We we aren't even in yet. Joe, this this is Zoomer Radio. We you're talking to a bunch of old timers here. Oh, we're we're jumped. we're we're desperate if, if it doesn't oh, show. I'm no, I'm no different, but I, I think I'm a realist here. Let's. I let's, agree. Let's just kind of back up. Let's and let's, let's, let's calm down. Well, have a great year and, and see what happens, but. I mean, I, I think I, you know, if you if you start going that route too, Louie, I mean, um, I mean, sure, it's it, it's a pipe dream and everything else, but let's wait and see how things I, go up to that trade deadline before uh, everybody starts jumping up and down about why didn't we get him or or this. Yeah. But I mean, it, there are great pieces to throw up against the wall and see if they stick. But um, it would be interesting to see. And, and why not make the phone call? 
Um, you're going to find out what they want. Uh, certainly the Leafs would be able to afford the, the, the contract uh, and everything else, but uh, uh, it's, um, it, would, it would be interesting, and, and obviously Datsuk would have to be the one that wants to do it. It's a good topic for conversation, Joel. Build up about 10 minutes of your show. Good <laughs> Joe, uh, Super the Bowl. The show has been pretty, pretty uh, lame, but this <laughs> Joe, the Super Bowl next Sunday, Atlanta and New England. What I'm do you think is going to happen? I'm not watching. You're not watching? <laughs> Why are you not watching, Joe? Come on. Well, we have an ownership meeting, eh, Louis. we got to get to Green Bay and talk about things. Well, Joe, you were too... Drives away from making that game interesting last week. You get well, the you get the missed field goal. If we, if we get the ten points, that's right. That we left on on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think the game is. It, it would have been a hell of a game because then Atlanta comes out and makes it seventeen nothing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess the big question with the Packers next year is who are they bringing back and who are they going to go out and uh, help this team uh, get Rodgers over the hump? Because you know he can't play like the Rodgers he did again this year, or especially Why down not? the stretch. Why not? <laughs> Why not? He'll be me? 34 years old, Joel. I don't care. Huh? Best quarterback that the league has seen, I think. <laughs> hey. uh, I'm, not, I'm not giving uh, Tom Brady any uh, short straws here either, but um, the, the Green Bay Packers historically have built from within. Uh, they've made, I, I mean, the free agent signings that they've made of any kind of consequence, uh, Peppers and, and Reggie White. Yes. Other than that, Everybody is homegrown. And, uh, I mean, they've never gone out and got a bona fide wide receiver, say, for uh, Rodgers. Uh, Jordy Nelson developed from within. Everybody else has developed from within. It's, it's the, the, the policy of management and ownership, I guess, which I am, uh, <laughs> to, to, to build from within. They, they need to draft and get some defensive players and some depth because I think what hurt uh, our cause more than anything was the injuries to the secondary throughout the course of the year, and they need a running back. And they thought they had one with uh, Ivory, but uh, that hasn't turned out. Your your boy from Alabama has been a bust. Excuse me. Yes. What? <laughs> what? What did he run for after the first four games? He got fat. He got fat. He, well, he got fat because of it. He's, he's from Alabama. What do you expect? Well, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that Southern cooking is enough to put anybody over the top. Well, hold on, there. Yeah. Did he not? Yeah. Did he not learn his lesson last year, and he came back thin and trim, just like you? Well, yeah. Right, okay. and, and then he hurt his ankle, and that's yeah. the one thing that they're missing. And you don't even know if he's coming back next year at five million dollars well, a year. Will, we'll get another one. Oh, yeah, and you won't get another guy. Okay, boys. Okay, boys. I have to break this one up. I'm gonna have to step in as a referee. Listen, uh, uh, Joe. It's it's. Always, I I have to apologize. Uh, we I had to subject you to Franceschetti this morning, and I hope I hope you well, I'm don't not coming on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm Joe. That's why I'm apologizing. I, I you right. know I I do you know I, I, I we do want you to come back. Do not have a lock on your door, <laughs> and we hope you don't hold this against us. Uh, well, I am, and I'm not coming back at these. <laughs> Joe, I uh, we always appreciate you coming on. Uh, we always love listening to you. Uh, we always love your insights, and we always thank you for taking the time for us here, out of your uh, busy schedule on a Sunday morning. We really do sincerely appreciate it, and have yourself a fantastic day and a fantastic uh, week, Joe. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks okay. so much, Joe. Bowen. Love you, Joe.
<laughs> that, of course, was uh, Joe Bowen. Uh, um, before we get back into it, I just want to uh, announce we've got some more Pizzaville gift coupons to give away. These are the numbers. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Call in and we'll be sending you a $25 Pizzaville gift card. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Just let me give you a little idea what Pizzaville has planned for Super Bowl Sunday next Sunday. Uh, they'll be selling 10 boneless chicken poppers free. I should say giving away 10 with any Pizzaville order of $24 or more. Any Pizzaville order of $24 or more on Super Bowl Sunday gets you 10 boneless chicken poppers for free. Check them out at pizzaville.ca or dial 3636 from your cell phone. Uh, that's a hot item now. The lines are uh, yeah. buzzing up. Anyways, you guys had a you had a spirited conversation with Joe, and uh, I think you hit a little bit be- below the belt there when you when you went after the Irish a little bit there, uh, Lou. But uh, anyways, the hey. interesting comments you brought up about Pavel Datsuk. Um, um, I, I I mean, he's a fantastic hockey player. Uh, I I I'm not sure he fits within the the Shanahan uh, Lamorello plan. Uh, in terms of what they want to do or in terms of what they may have to give away. Uh, and I doubt, I doubt that he'd be wanting to come back to North America that soon. He's, well, he's playing in the KHL. Though. Yeah, he's playing in the KHL. But you know what? I just looked at pieces that you're not going to take anybody away from their core. You don't have to give up a lot to get him from Phoenix because all he is is a salary cap uh, figure there. Does he want a chance at, again, it's a dream pipe, making some damage in the playoffs, and you're getting that experience, you're getting a two-way player, you're getting probably the hardest worker that the Toronto Maple Leafs will have, and some of that might just rub off on the young kids that they that they have. And if you know that that is in the works, then you can deal a Bozak to get another piece of the puzzle because and, 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 sorry, he's sorry at the interrupt. end of the year. Uh, and, and as Lou, offhand, how old is Pavel Datsuk? Any idea? He's in mid-30s. No, he's, he's... Is he late 30s? No, mid-30s. Mid-30s. 34, 35. I thought he was... And, and obviously, old. we, we got to know if there's a, a good relationship between him and Mike Babcock. Because you know if Mike Babcock... I hear Bab- there's not. I, I heard that, too. Uh, well, that, that kiboshes yeah, that, that, that idea that could, right away. That could break the, it, but, the, but what I'm asking is... this is a useless discussion. If, if Mike Babcock says, listen, I've talked to Pavel and he's willing to come back, are you guys willing to bring him here and this is what it's going to cost? It'll make this team a lot better. We've got a few minutes left, Lou, and I hate to interrupt. I do want to move it in, in five minutes left. I do want to move it to a conversation we, we chatted about before we went on, on the air. The NHL picked the top 100 players of all time, and they announced them down at the All-Star Game. And there was one gentleman, perhaps more than one, obviously, but you can always debate these things, one glaring omission, and I think all three of us, Naz, Lou, and myself, we all agreed we we just can't envision a top 100 with this gentleman, Dale Howarchuk. Ness. Yeah, definitely Dale Howarchuk for sure should have been there. But there was a, quite a few names that we came up with. Lanny McDonald is not on that list. There's quite a few. So he's not in the top 100. To me, Howarchuk's in the top 50. Forget the top 100. You played, Lou, and uh, you played against Dale Howarchuk. 
uh, tell us why he was one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Well, I, I just think that uh, playing out west uh, in that uh, division out there with Edmonton and, uh, and Calgary, he got lost in the shuffle. Uh, because every playoff round that they had to, that they were in always had to go up against uh, either Wayne or, or Mark Messier, and it, it's just you know what I think it's it serves an injustice that he was left off. He was by far, and I had a chance to play with him on the same line in Buffalo with him and Ricky Vive, and the things that he did were, were just I, I, I'm still shaking my head uh, on why and how he got uh, left off. I think everybody that's on there is deserving, and there's probably an extra maybe ten or fifteen guys that they can flip flop. But I cannot see how you could have left Dale Howarchuk off that hundred man list. No, I it's there's another gentleman that um, is playing today, which I and it and it goes back to the point they uh, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, what he's done in Pittsburgh, it's just I don't see how you leave him off between uh, the Conn Smythe Hart Art Ross trophies, one of the greatest centers of his generation. His one big problem is having to be in the shadow of Sidney Crosby, the greatest player of his generation. Um, Malkin, to me, certainly one of the top 100. The only reason he's not on there is because he's had to play with Sidney Crosby for 10 years, and he hasn't gotten the accolades, although he's won, he's won a lot of individual awards. It just he, do, he seems to be a little bit off the radar screen as one of the great players of the game, and he's one of the top five players of this generation, in my estimation. Going back to Dale Howarchuk, Winnipeg, just having to play his great years in that market, he just he got lost, and then every time he had to go to the playoffs, Edmund, Winnipeg always had to get through Edmonton. And how are you going to get through Gretzky and Messier and, and those guys? So he never went as deep into the playoffs to really showcase the talents that he had. But going back to you, Lou, you played with some of the great players of your generation. Uh, during the time that you played and who you played against, who are the top five players you ever played against? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I, I would. you've got to put Mary Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Brian Trotje, Mike Bossy. Uh, Guy Lafleur was at the tail end of his career. Um Dennis Larry, Larry Robinson, Dennis Potvin, De- Dennis Potvin uh, broke one of my dreams when he broke uh, Ben Gustafson's leg when he stuck it out uh, at center ice. We had a great chance to to go a long way. Um, you know, there, I could name probably twenty guys that uh, that were great Hall of Famers that, that are uh, best two players you ever played with. With on well, the same team or top three you played on the, the same top team. three. I, I got to go Mike Gartner. These are your Washington years? Yeah. Uh, obviously, a younger Scott Stevens. And probably uh, Dale Howarchuk when I played with him in Buffalo. And then Patty LaFontaine came later. Are, are, are the top three. You played uh, with uh, Alex McGillney, right? I did play with him in Buffalo. And he in, was at in Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah, when he with was Buffalo, in. yeah. How was he? he uh, you know, it's... Being he's Russian, he, he, no, he's not on that list. Being Russian, you can put him with Pavel Burry too. Uh, being Russian and really be having the fear of flying, uh, I'm not sure yeah. if I wrecked him, but that's those are the, the faults that we had with him. But Russia, uh, when when he wanted to play, he could put on a show, and he and you showed it here when he was here in Toronto. Anyways, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we've uh, we've got to go for another week. Or 
our slotted one hour is up. I want to thank all our listeners. We uh, we have given away all those $25 Pizzaville gift cards. We'll be in touch with everybody so that you can get those cards before next Sunday. And once again, next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Pizzaville is going to have a great, great special next Sunday. Check them out at pizzaville.ca or you can call them at 3636. If you order $24 or more, they have a special free boneless chicken poppers. That's next Sunday. It's great pizza. Naz, have a fantastic week. You too. Lou, have a fantastic week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back, guys. And to all our listeners, also have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.